This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to When All This Is Over, a special Straits Times podcast brought to you by the National Arts Council. To inspire and uplift readers as the country emerges from the COVID-19 circuit breaker, we asked 20 local writers to come up with poetry and prose about the pandemic and what it will be like when all this is over. We will be releasing these over the next few weeks. This is the fourth of a four-part series. Things to do in a pandemic by Aaron Maniam. Grow a beard. There will be other ways we won't recognize ourselves when this is over. Wear old t-shirts, the ones musty with memory and former selves to rediscover. Listen to old music, watch reruns, histories large and small, for solace and for learning. So, tea cozies, new curtains, anything to stitch together what the days whisper. Call it something else. We will need the labels later, when we all but forget our own names. Run, wearing a mask. Sympathize with those whose breath catches in the coming days. Learn to read eyes above masks. Soul windows, word-lit, life-lined, quite possibly smiling. Send friends a picture of a flower for each death. Nature has ways to celebrate those with no names. Walk alone. Hear the lalang sing, the cow grass muttering, the silence of air newly clean. Take up calligraphy, draw, pray, soften the sharp edges of words. Bake. See how everything rises to occasions if we know how to call. Watch children play. Better yet, join them. Laugh. They know as much as anyone can in such times. Plant green beans. Watch them sprout. Witness what happens when we remember to face the sun. Unbroken by Ginny Coe Lien squints at the computer screen, her mouse hovering over the links in her email. It is her granddaughter's birthday today and Zoe is throwing a Zoom party. See me Zoom, text it, and Lien was just as confused. It took her some time to get used to WhatsApp video calling her granddaughter during the circuit breaker. And now here's another newfangled thing, Zoom. Apparently Zoe's friends will be there too. Tega, are you ready? Party starting soon. Lien calls out, clicking on a link. A box pops up, prompting her for a password. Did Zoe give her one? Lien checks her phone. Look at her now, Lien thinks, almost laughing. Juggling so many gadgets at once. Facebook, Instagram, and now Zoom. Zoe has been introducing all these apps to her. Deck doesn't even have an email account. Lien watches Deck, who is putting on a t-shirt for the party. Cannot be topless in front of Zoe's friends, Lien reminded him. This circuit breaker caught them by surprise and has most certainly been trying. Neither of them can go to work and suddenly they are in each other's faces all day. Lien, why are the cups not washed? Lien, where's my torchlight? Lien this, Lien that. They are an old married couple. But that doesn't mean that they don't tire of each other's presence. In fact, 
Ever since Zoe married and moved out four years ago, they have settled into a daily routine. Work, dinner, sleep. Some days, they hardly speak to each other. Leanne preferring to settle in front of the TV with her K-dramas while Ted goes out for a beer. This circuit breaker has forced them to share a space a lot more than they are used to. Not that there haven't been any perks. With Ted around more often, they are finally fixing things around the house that have long been broken but ignored. The creaky bedroom door that needed oiling. The busted light bulb in the storeroom. The loose hinge of the kitchen cabinet. Perhaps Ted is bored at home and needed to just do something. Star ready or not? Ted asks, hovering behind Lian. You cannot read the words on the screen, man, Lian says. The host will let you in shortly, it reads. Any moment now, Zoe will appear. Lian glances at Ted. Sit down, la, or else the camera cannot see you. Ted grabs a stool and sits next to her, frowning deeply at the computer. 41 years. Ovarian cancer, retrenchment, near bankruptcy. This COVID-19 feels like another curveball thrown their way. But what have they not gone through that they cannot weather this? 41 years is a long time, and if they are lucky, they will have another 20 more to go. But who have we become, Lian wonders, now that their daily duties don't consist of Zoe? The other day, Dek asked if she'd like to join the karaoke class with him once the community centres open again. Karaoke? Lian echoed. Since when was Tech ever interested in singing? Still, she agreed. Perhaps this is a start of something she cannot put her finger on, but one nonetheless. The screen brightens. Ma? Zoe's voice comes on the speaker. Several zoom boxes start populating the screen at once. And there they are, appearing on the screen too. Two elderly people sitting next to each other, their elbows barely touching their eyes searching for a familiar face in a sea of Zoom boxes before landing on themselves. Lamentations by Amanda Chong Perhaps all this was to awaken us to shapes of suffering. The bruise encircling a nurse's mouth as she peels off her mask. Malls sparkling expectantly for no one. The migrants who built them huddled shoulder to shoulder on backs of trucks. All this we allowed to go past us without second glance. All this we only began to see when we were made to stand a metre apart. A woman amid laden grocery carts, cradling a bag of rice, because all you need for porridge is water. A security guard falls asleep on his feet, then dreams of his daughter across the closed border. She wobbles on a stool, lathers her small hands with suds. I love you. Don't be sick. I love you again. Her voice wanders through lonely cities, once thronged with people. Death distends. Numbers lose their weight. At home, statistics split workers' dorms from the rest of us. Our comfort feels like shame at first, 
then swells into an unsettling need for change. We must find the cracks where light comes through, then prize them wider. On Sunday, a taxi driver muses to his only passenger. How beautiful the empty roads! Now we see more clearly the trees. I finally hear something shaped like praise. Each morning, there is a moment before anything bad happens. I see this as promise. Each morning, the dark side of our planet curves towards a certain sun. I call this grace. A list of things that can still travel great distances by Diana Rahim. Virus. We are not used to a calamity that comes from within. A pandemic begins after all inside a body and within months finds itself throughout the globe within millions of individual bodies. We have experienced an upending of what catastrophe means, not as something externally wrought, explicitly violent and loud. After all, the streets outside are not on fire, but are quiet. People are dying, but most of us do not see it. How things have unfurled was not by divine providence, but human action. Masks. Months after people first started wearing masks as part of their daily armor against the virus, carelessly discarded masks began appearing on shores thousands of kilometers after a long journey by sea. They arrived in places as far as Greenland to join the ever-increasing diaspora of non-biodegradable trash. Many moons into the future, those speaking through the time capsule of our disposables may wonder what happened to our love for music that the CDs dwindled in numbers amongst the discarded. They may wonder about our sudden explosive use of tote bags. Then they will see the wave of crumpled blue and know that for a time we went through a pandemic. They will wonder, but will never fully know, the ways we took care of each other. They will have their theories. Starlight. The thing that travels fastest and furthest we know is starlight. Persistent in its singular direction, traveling 300,000 kilometers per second through the soundless void of space, sometimes for millions of years before reaching us. It ends its epic journey only to land on a window, the water, the trees, the belly of an upturned dog scratching its back on the ground in bliss. It travels so far for so long that the star itself has changed by the time the light reaches our eyes. We are lit up by dead time. We look up, catch the light in our own eyes, become a little bit more made of starlight, and by bearing witness, make the death of a star a little less lonely. Gloves Some of us who are extra careful about our safety, but thoughtless about disposal, wore disposable gloves. 
These two would make a long journey by sea and find themselves distributed throughout the world to islands so far flung and obscure they might not even be mapped. In seawater, the mixture of plastic gloves with dimethyl sulfide from algae and bacteria tricks certain species of birds and marine mammals into thinking they have found an appetizing meal. This is the responsibility we bear. Throw a glove on the ground and it may journey across the Pacific Ocean into the stomach of an albatross. Birds A marine scientist who has travelled out to sea for decades understands loss through the sound of birds, how they slowly fade into silence as time passes. Like the sea, the sky too has experienced a great emptying. When the grass and wildflowers return along the pavements in my neighbourhood, so do the birds, walking as if giddy with sunlight and a kind of primitive return they do not know is temporary. For a moment, I think I feel what marine scientists might feel should the birds return across the ocean. Apocalyptic Thinking In a pandemic, the apocalyptic impulse ripples through many of us. We have always imagined the end of the world as graciously immediate, an event finished within a day, what happened to the dinosaurs seemed to be an apocalyptic promise we took for ourselves. What convenience, to surrender our end to an external force, to imagine our own hand bloodless, clean. We do this perhaps to avoid blaming ourselves or disavow our own destructive power. The psychic image of the apocalypse as a desire for absolution. The world has ended in my head a thousand times. Only when I had been deeply seen and deeply loved did I see that the world could be loved and remade anew all the time. When all of this is over, may we learn to cherish the sound of birds enough to discard our gloves properly. May their small bellies be safe. May our sky be full of song, our waters full of fish, our land bereft of needless suffering. May the silence of the streets be a sign of calm instead of pandemic. May our eyes always catch starlight. The Lost Year by Gui Li Sui The months after are pretty routine, boring even. Public spaces, hawker centres and theatres are packed again, while for many, evenings mean window shopping. Cross-border travel resumes fully. People believe that they are returning to the lives they had when what they are trying to reach is a memory to recreate. No one technically talks about the strange long year anymore. It was an easy topic for a couple of weeks. And as of all fads, the urgency of the present took over. The new normal brings its own distractions. Besides, common experiences do not tend to make riveting conversations for long. Years later, Emma will tell her children about the time no one visited anyone during Hari Raya Idol Fitri. It sounds improbable to Heida, Elian and Ariana, almost giggling. I still dressed up beautifully, Emma adds, but even the masjids were closed for months. We discovered more than ever how Allah is in our hearts. Right now, at 10, Emma simply says a slant. Ma, I have a good story to tell someday. 
Benjamin and Sheila witness their own miracle. Both are in love again, with each other, in a marriage long reduced to keeping up appearances. Their careers had pulled them apart, dulled their purest feelings. They slept in separate rooms. But the long, blurry domestic hours first brought out awkwardness, then cooperation and tenderness. To be sure, the constraints did not do wonders for every relationship, although they did for Benjamin and Sheila. From one of their nights of born-again passion comes a second miracle. By the time Johnny is one, Arumugam will be an acclaimed fitness instructor. Arumugam is now in the midst of intense training funded by his own savings from a year of doing food delivery. All this has been a far cry from the high-pressured banking job he had before and lost one sultry March day. The octogenarian Rose is spending the rest of her life painting because during her extended hospital stay, she had such dreams. Such dreams! She still begins each day with a cup of black coffee at her usual kopitiam. There, a relatively new burger business is becoming popular with the regulars. The fresh-faced stall owner never fails to greet her when he arrives to prepare for the lunch crowd. Dek Hong almost forgets the reason he stopped schooling to support his two younger siblings. Hard work has kept his mind busy and his heart full. Tonight, his family commemorates the loss of its once breadwinner with her favourite meal, what Dek Hong cooks every day for strangers. An ocean away, Bashida does not even know how her father looked like. Her mother keeps describing to her someone invisible she is supposed to feel close to. When she gets older, she will pore over her parents' photographs and imagine an aging man, always cheerful and handsome, strong as a jujube tree. Among the first things Jabir does whenever he returns to his home village is to go see Bashita and share more memories of his kind and courageous friend. Jabir still works in Singapore, and he talks effusively to others about his new modern, spacious dormitory. But not all have been fond of that time of restrictions on the island city. Some who left vow never to return. Others carry mixed experiences, admittedly not understanding whether to feel just one way or another. Still others prefer to cherish only the good. They embrace the winds in their windows, the interval for self-care, the friendships made online, the books read and songs resung, the love shaped of longing eyes and hidden smiles, the simple life. It has become a year no one dutifully brings up but everyone remembers. All know well how something has changed while behaving as if nothing has. The year came and went, and it never existed. Some consider it a gift of renewal from the gods. Some say that there was a rift in space-time, and that year we entered a parallel universe. Thank you for listening to When All This Is Over a special Straits Times podcast brought to you by the National Arts Council. For more local digital arts offerings, visit alist.sg to appreciate hashtag SGCultureAnywhere. That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.